Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow pow pow! I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the Friday morning episode, Sam. Sam! Have you started watching the Beatles documentary yet? No, I haven't, it was, um, we had birthday shenanigans at this house all day yesterday. Right. So Happy there was to whoever it was. It was Len, and there wasn't oh, a moment in the day to watch Beatles, and I wanted yeah. to really put time aside. I didn't want to be stopping and starting. Well, I was supposed to be watching it with my daughter, um, and she wasn't available yesterday. And I said, "I'll wait until you're ready." And by ten o'clock last night, I just buckled and started on it. Fuck this! I'm but watching it's, it. It's it's fine because I will watch it with her. I'll watch it all again. Yeah, it is incredible. Is it? Oh, God, it's just, I don't know, it's not for everyone, but the concept of for everyone is overrated anyway. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, if no you're into good the Beatles, for everyone, is it? I'll tell you what it is. It's eight hours of the Beatles sitting around, chatting and bickering with each other and just being the Beatles. And I can't think of anything I'd rather watch more than that. I mean, it's just a privilege to see that sort of thing. It is. I mean, That's exactly what it is. You know, if, if you if you took away their sort of cultural significance, you think, well, here's four interesting, erudite, charismatic, intelligent people. Yeah. Um, who are also have also got a sense of humour, very funny, mm. just having a laugh, and that's quite you know interesting mm. in itself. But then when you when you sort of think how much they mean to everything that surrounds us now. Yeah. And this isn't. A pretentious thing to say. I mean, even down to this podcast, right? What you and I do for a living, you can make a six degrees of separation between the sort of cultural impact that the Beatles had, the mm. cultural social impact that the Beatles had, mm. and sort of everything that goes on culturally around us. Yeah. Certainly, popular yeah. culture now, mm-hmm. right? The idea that two blokes can make a living out of talking shit and then putting it out on the internet, right? I. I happen to believe that the Beatles have sort of had had a ripple effect onto fucking everything. It's a direct consequence of the Beatles' existence. No, that's not what I'm saying. That is not what I'm saying. And and, and even more importantly than that, I am not for a moment putting us, not just not on a similar level to the Beatles, but nowhere in the same stratosphere. What I'm saying is is that Mm. what you had was four working-class lads from Liverpool, right, Mm -hmm. who didn't really change the way they looked or the way they talked or anything else they just uh and they didn't try to conform to anything that was sort of prevalent in popular culture such as it was at that time Mm. you know they just started like having the piss sort of thing and doing what they thought was a laugh and seeing if it it could you know be successful and popular and because it was so massively popular after that all different areas of culture took a chance on people dicking around right in case it turned into magic now in some cases, 
like this. It didn't turn into magic. It just is two people dicking around. It's of no real mm. significance whatsoever. But I think that the opportunities for people, to, whether it's to write books, make films, design clothing, fucking paint pictures, or whatever the fuck it is, mm. I think the fact that four blokes from Liverpool did it and it turned into a multi-billion pound fucking massive huge thing that was very commercial but never sold out or lost any of its credibility yeah. that has a big effect on the world doesn't it completely I mean that's that's something I was thinking about I've only watched an hour of it so far there's, there's two episodes out as of today I've only watched an hour of it but eight hours of watching the Beatles just sitting around isn't enough for me I want I want more but yeah. um, that, that's what I was thinking I was thinking as I was watching them just kind of sort of standing around and sitting around just noodling and just putting stuff together and having ideas and talking about what they were planning to do for this whole project it was like nobody else had ever done anything on that scale of being A so popular I mean they were wildly popular the biggest group of the, of the 20th century easily mm. But also at the same time, forging new ground artistically and yes. being experimental in that prism of being hugely popular. No one's ever done that. No one's ever going to do that no. again, I don't think. And, and if you look at, I remember saying to my dad, I was saying, what I don't understand is when I was first very, very into Beatles when I was a teenager, and I got, you know, because you're into them when you're a kid. And then when I was a teenager, I went turbo into them. And I remember just badgering my dad the whole time with questions about the Beatles mm. and I said what I don't understand is they weren't actually around that long <laughs> how responsive was he to your questions about the Beatles song? depended on his mood <laughs> oh god okay yeah so they'd be fuck off well the thing about my dad is you never know when he might just turn around and just to amuse himself say I don't know why you're talking about the Beatles they're shit yeah. right just he might say that one day do you know what I mean yeah. just for a laugh I would say he's got no time whatsoever for John Lennon. He like he, if you get he's, that's yeah. one of his things. If you start him off on John Lennon, and he he met him, he's met John Lennon on more than one occasion. Uh -huh. But I don't think that's why he doesn't like John Lennon. I think right. he thinks John Lennon was pre a pretentious phony sort of thing. Well, Lennon's really interesting in this because Lennon is really subdued in it. McCartney is completely leading the group yeah. at this point. Lennon, for whatever reason, whether it's um, emotional or whether it's uh, narcotic or whatever, yeah. I don't know. But he's just really not contributing very much from the, in the first hour that I've seen anyway. Um, and McCartney is having to lead the group, and he kind of apologises for being a bossy dick, which right. is kind of what, what he's big in. And yeah. he's getting on George's tits. Um, yeah. but, but McCartney, this is McCartney in his absolute pomp. Yeah. At his most creative at this period. He was fucking flying. There's a yeah. bit in it where where Paul just comes up with Get Back, the song. Yeah. Just sits there and comes up with it. And it's one of the most astonishing things I've ever seen because it's almost like he's possessed. He goes into like a different place and he mm. just starts playing this kind of riff on his bass. And then this song just slowly develops. It's like he's got a piece of musical clear in his head. Yeah. And he's forging, a, forge, forging it into a, a, a pot or a vase or whatever. He's making it into a thing in his head yeah. and it just it just over the course of about three minutes, it comes to life. It's fucking astonishing, that, honestly. That, to see that God. is just incredible. And the fact that that footage has existed all this time and has only now come to light, yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. You know, it's like, I'm oh, only we've just come across this fucking Michelangelo here at work. You yeah, know, yeah. Just, uh, we, we didn't know we had it before, but we do. I'm only an hour into it, but I know now it's up there with Sopranos and it's going to be something where 
at any point in my life, I can put it on at any place mm. of the eight hours and just watch it for a bit. And I know that my life's going to be better at the end of that. Because The Sopranos, is, I don't watch Sopranos sequentially anymore. I'll just dip in and watch an episode if it's on. Like, they're on in the afternoon now on Sky Atlantic. You've got to put your pin mm. number in, because obviously adult content. But sometimes Sopranos is on at one in the afternoon, and I'll just stick mm. one on, whichever one happens to be on. Uh, if you've got in, Sky, the box sets are all there. You can watch it They're all you there. Want. You can watch yeah. them there. But I'll just, I'll just watch one wherever, whichever one they're yeah. showing, oh, just yeah. because... You call uh, it Sopranos potluck, don't you? Surprise Sopranos, I call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, this is going to be the same. This is the same. I'll maybe go to episode two of this three-part documentary, or I'll just go into it at hour four and mm. just watch it for a bit, and it's just going to be like life-enhancing. It's it's incredible. My, it's really my, is. Uh, the thing that my dad used to say was, I go, oh, I don't, they were like, I said they were sort of, they had this mop-top thing at the beginning... I said, and then, then they were like, you know, um, then there was Sergeant Pepper, and then they were all hippies. Mm. I said, they changed so much. I said, they just kept jumping on whatever the trend, the fashion was as it changed. And he went, no, what you don't understand is, you stupid bastard, is that... <laughs> <laughs> is that... He went, they... You you look back, he said, you, you think that these fashions change and they change with them. He went, no, they were changing the fashions. They were the fashions. Said, they were the trends. Well, well, yeah. No one had hair like that and was mm. and was doing that kind of music until they did it, and then they changed up again. And it was them who came back from India like hippies, and then everyone mm. else started becoming hippies. You go, and all of the different styles of music was just they they were pushing it. They were pushing it. And what's really interesting in music is that um, a lot of your your kind of legacy acts, your big acts stop doing good songs because they find a point at which they can keep generating a certain amount of cash by just knocking out, you know, a six six to seven out of ten sort of output yeah. all the time, right? Yeah. And it's simpler that way than they taking jaded, risks. Don't they? They, they get, get jaded. jaded. And what it means is is that it's your like it's a pension scheme. Right. Mm-hmm. So someone said that to me recently about Noel Gallagher. And that, you know, I'm using that example just because it was a conversation I had. Right. We won't get into the fact that you don't like him. Right. But just as an example, you go, right, okay. In the early days of Oasis, he seemed capable of like knocking out really incredible melodies. Right. Actually, it doesn't matter whether or not you like music or not. He could write really great tunes that had yeah. hooks to them and that everyone sort of heard on the radio once and wanted to buy. Yeah. Right. I and don't mind Noel, seemed... by the way. I don't, I don't mind Noel. It's Liam I can't be arsed with. But I don't, right, I don't mind Noel. Right, okay. But Oasis, I know you're not like a huge fan of Oasis. But like for those first two, for, for about the, their first five years, it was just like he wrote a song and it was immediately a song that people mm. fell in love with and, and could remember every note of, right? Well, even and then there was a well, point where, where it just kind of like drifted into sort of more middle of the road. And it's yeah. like, how can you have the ability to write an incredible melody one minute and then it goes, right? Because mm. it's almost like you, you pulled off a formula here. It's like never-ending. You've got a never-ending well of melody. But mm. in a way, it's almost like they choose to just stick in one place where they think, this is this is what... I've got a, I've got a base audience here who like this, and if we just keep tuning it out, we're on easy street, as Honest John would say, forever, right? <laughs> but the Beatles never got to, like, I don't know, rubber soul and thought, wow, fucking hell, this is our best album. We might as well just keep putting stuff like this out. They're yeah. like, fuck that, tear it up. We'll do Sergeant Pepper now. 
And then yeah, Sgt. Yeah. Pepper sort of changed pop music and they go, fuck that, tear it up, we'll do the White Album. Yeah, but there's, there's footage in this early on that shows you the kind of years before this that goes right through their yeah. career. And there's a bit where I think it's George who says, and it laughs at the idea that this could be a long-term thing. And that they just mm. think it's going to be a flash in the pan. And I yeah. think Paul says something like, we, we, we're, we're comfortable now, we don't have to keep doing this sort of thing. So there was no guarantees that what they were going to do as they made each leap was going to continue to be popular, but it was. And it's that thing of being hugely uh, popular. Maybe that's it. Maybe it was because like, they'd been valid. poor. They'd been yeah. poor. Now they were rich. <clears throat> of course they could be richer, but to them they were like, well, we're fucking, we don't need more than this. I mean, so back to actually, Noel, let's just fucking gamble because yeah. we're never going to yeah, be yeah. poor again. There's nothing to lose. Getting yeah. back to Noel Gallagher, I think Noel Gallagher's solo stuff, or his, his high-sided vehicles group, whatever they're called, um, that, that's not the same as what Liam's doing because Liam is doing that kind of almost self-tribute band thing. He's got writers yeah, yeah, like in doing his songs for Oasis, yeah. It is, yeah. Noel's trying to do different stuff, and I think it's alienating a lot of his audience, if anything. Yeah, he's I think he likes he's that. Cause he, he, I, I think he's d- like a bit like he, obviously his heroes, Paul Weller, one of his yeah. heroes, and he, he likes the way that Weller constantly tried to alienate his own fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, if I've alienated no, no. the old fans, it shows I'm doing something right. It shows yeah, I'm moving totally. forward. No, yeah, no, I couldn't give a fuck really about whether people like it or not, which is a good, healthy place to be yeah. in. So, well, I, um, I really like Noel Gallagher, so I didn't want to sound like I was being like negative about him. I suppose it was just an example someone used is that sometimes the music, I don't know, but basically not many musicians or artists in any field have the balls to just think, right, we've done that, it was a success, but now let's just change and go to something else. And it's like different, different your life changes, like Noel Gallagher got heavily into cocaine his um, financial circumstances became really comfortable. All that can change your motivation for doing what you do artistically sometimes, and I think that's a factor. Um, the Beatles, the fact that the Beatles did what they did in fucking under eight years, mm. I will never, ever get my head around that. The fact I can't that get all my head around done, the fact that those four people, particularly songwriters of the quality of George Harrison, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, all happen to like live near each other and meet each other. Yeah. See, a lot of people mock me for my um the you know my beliefs about the cosmos, right? <laughs> and my curiosity about there being you know an intelligent architect somewhere at play, right? Mm. In the cosmos. But you sort of think fuck it. Fuck, no way did that, does that fucking happen by chance that those three cunts all just bump into each other and start writing songs together <laughs> and the whole fucking planet falls in love with it and it's still, all these years later, the the world's favourite music and people are obsessed with it. Yeah. Fuck, no fucking way. You know, it's just fucking beyond, that's beyond fucking plausibility. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's beyond plausibility. Of course... George, I suppose. I mean, I can't wait to watch it. Maybe we should get, return to it when I have. But, but like George was oh, getting will. pissed off yeah. all the time when he goes because at this stage, what's this? Nineteen sixty-nine or something? Sixty-nine, is January sixty-nine. Yeah. Right. So just before they're like, they're just I guess just after this, they split up, don't they? But George, George well, is they like did, they did. They, they, they he's did on a this, higher but... spiritual plane at this point, mate. He's like. You, you lot don't understand. I'm living outside of the fucking material world here. You lot are still fucking chatting about, like, about this the material world that you can touch and feel and see as if that's a reality. I've moved way beyond that, cunts. 
It's it's kind of not though because just from the hour that I've seen George is still in his shell almost. I know George mm. has had like one song on each album kind of up until this point and he's mm. written loads more which he then did on his first solo album. But George says himself he says it was only until the White Album which is the one before this one. He says this the White Album was the first one where I felt as though I could um express myself or whatever properly within the group. He kind mm. of almost been that third third part and he'd been almost just the guitarist and he chucked mm. some songs in and he's just starting to become creative and wanting to be an equal partner creatively with Paul and John. But there's a vacuum because John is out of it at this point. John is just not really... Yoko sat there next to him sometimes doing a bit of crochet or whatever, just hanging about. John is just yeah. not um, there. Paul is completely in charge of everything. So that's kind of pissing Harrison off a bit because Harrison wants to contribute more, but Paul is now completely the dominant figure in it. And Paul's a yeah. bit patronising to George at one point. And there's a little bit of a, a skirmish between them. But like Paul, Paul, like I said, Paul apologises for being the, 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 the bossy dickhead in it. But he yeah. has to, because it's been John and Paul's vehicle up until then. And John's and just fucking losing the plot. John is, He's is fallen under the, the spell of Yoko and and possibly heroin. We don't and know. Possibly heroin. Yeah. Um, so Paul is dragging this fucking juggernaut along, basically himself, like the world's strongest man. You know where they drag the tractor. It's like that. And yeah. George wants to do more, but that's not how it works. That's not how it's worked so far. I was sort of. Um... I was very much regarded. Well, it was well known that I was physically the strongest of the four Beatles. <laughs> um, right from the start, back in Liverpool, they used to call me Strong Paul. And uh, I only got stronger through our <laughs> years together. And, and John was well aware of that. And he always resented it to a large extent. Every year at about Christmas time, we do a little thing behind closed doors called the World's Strongest Beatle. And we go to Iceland <laughs> and we take part in various feats of strength, the four of us. And I always won. Quite easily as well. Ringo yeah, was yeah. always second. Jo- John was third, and of course George was a real weed. He'd come, he'd always come in last. But he, he said he didn't mind because he said he was spiritually strong. I said, well, 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 maybe we should do world strong, spiritually strongest beetle. But I can't see that taking off. I said, good luck to you, George. If anyone ever breaks into your house and tries to kill you with that kind of weedy strength. We, but, uh, uh, it was exactly Elvis when we went to see Elvis at um, at Graceland. <laughs> he was the one who got us into it because he used to compete with the uh, Memphis Mafia, who were his sort of you know entourage. And he'd say, "I'll oh, make him compete with me over strength." And uh, you know, he gathered us all around in his. He had a utility room where he had his washing machine and tumble dryer, which we had never seen before because we didn't have them in Liverpool. <laughs> and he'd uh, he'd make them all lift things of various weights, and then you know fight him at karate. But it was quite clear to us that they were too scared for their livelihoods to ever do anything. I mean, the other clue than was probably win. the clue was in the title of the contest itself. It was called the World's Strongest Elvis. I mean, who's going to win that every year? It was obvious that he was going to win. Is it? It's not going to be Scotty Moore. They don't let me win. They give it the best shot. They just <laughs> can't take our mastery. Oh, they ain't as strong as the king. (laughs) In the end, I fought Elvis, and and, and I beat him quite easily. He was doing his kung fu, whereas I used more of a uh, Liverpudlian street fighting technique, and I beat him, and he throws out, and that's why from then on, 
he tried to uh, have the president ban us from the United <laughs> States, and it was all because he knew I was stronger than him. <laughs> I don't like that Paul McCartney. He fights thirty. He's a thirty fighter. He grabbed me by the balls. Oh, I don't mind the skinny kid who sits in the corner saying his prayers. He's pretty cool. But not Paul. Paul McCartney is a dirty fighter. He pulled my hair and he punched my balls. <laughs> Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jalapeño, jalapeño. So all I want to do, all I want to do today is just sit and watch the Beatles, but I've got, I've got yeah, a lot on. What so a I great can't. day. I'll have to just do it later on. Make a pot of tea, get, get yourself That's a biscuit. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do, but I've got some things to take care of. Do you um, follow an account on... Um, on Twitter called Teetles and it's such a lovely account because it no. basically combines two of my favourite things in life tea and the Beatles and all it is is pictures of the Beatles drinking tea <laughs> and there it it's, is, inc- the it's incredible the amount you think oh that, that, that yeah. can't sustain a Twitter account has been going for years fucking can mate because yeah. they fucking love tea and they drank it all the fucking time. They did. There's lots of tea going and, on in this fucking documentary as well. Yeah. And in actual fact, the uh, a lot of the images are from these sessions because I think there was a lot of images from these sessions. Mm. But this is the first time we've seen all the film. And the cups that they use, um, that they're drinking tea in, I believe it's from these sessions. So you'll have seen them. They're, they're mugs with stripes around them. Yeah. Of varying colours, you know, like hooped stripes, Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, and you can actually on this Teetles 
Twitter account. There's actually, you can buy them. <laughs> and I'm so weird. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking going to get some of those tea yeah, mugs. I've got to be drinking now. the tea out of the same mugs as those cunts. <laughs> I've got to do that now. I'm on that account Have you seen now. it? Have you seen the mugs? They're really nice I've, mugs, I think. I've seen the, um, oh, they do a book as well. Teetle's Book 12. Fucking yeah. Hell. Yeah, I mean, I'm fucking hell. And, and also, it, all joking aside, that makes me like the Beatles even more. Like, these guys, they yeah. fucking knew the score. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. that, like, they were balls deep into being the most famous people in the world by the time this was going on, right? Mm-hmm. But they weren't, like, one of these fucking silly bands who were doing... I mean, obviously, John had fallen into drug-taking. They smoked a bit of dope. But they weren't fucking doing loads of cocaine and buying their own fucking jumbo jet to fly around in. Yeah, yeah. They were back at Abbey Road drinking tea, having biscuits... Mm-hmm. And fucking mm-hmm. crafting, yeah. That's the and, thing. That's, and and yeah. the fact that they love tea means quite a lot to me, actually. Yeah. That's the thing. It's that that, that thing that happened in under eight years. Is, it blows my mind. I mean, you can get groups now that take eight years between the two albums quite easily. And the fact they did all of that from mop tops just back from Hamburg right through to this documentary thing. I mean, after this documentary, uh, they, they then went on and recorded Abbey Road which was yeah. the last album they recorded, but it came out before Let yeah. It Be, the album. So they were flipped. So, you know, this isn't even near, near the end. It's yeah, because just... didn't um, John take the tapes from this session in the end and, and go off and get them produced by Phil Spector? Yeah. Behind yeah. everyone's back. Behind everyone's back, yeah. And Phil Spector, it was slightly nuts by then, put, like, orchestral stuff on them. Let It Be is my least favourite Beatles album. Quite... I like Let It Be, but it's not my favourite. What's your favourite? Uh, it fluctuates between Abbey Road, Revolver and Rubber Soul. Side two of My- Abbey Road is perfection, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I love Abbey Road. I um, like um, the White Album, mate. I've always had a yeah, big soft spot for the White Album. That's that's, that's a close fourth, I reckon. Um, yeah, but uh, Rubber Soul, I think, is underrated. Rubber Soul's just jammed full of brilliant pop songs. Mm. I love it. Here's um, another point, actually. Talking about them not getting into coke like so many bands did, right? There's a lot of um, silly rock and roll mythology around basically the, the supposed benefits of hedonism to artistic expression. Yeah. And it's all fucking utter bollocks. And it's one it of the things that can fuel bad habits in young people because you kind of think, yeah, rock and roll, this is what being creative's all about. Mm. But in fact, it's just depressing. And... You know, the best bands, they weren't fucking doing loads of coke or being fucking alcoholics. Do you know what I mean? Look at the Beatles yeah. here. They've been going for years. This is their last recording, the last album they ever fucking recorded, right? And mm. look at them. They're at like, for the most part, Paul McCartney, like you say, is like, he's he, this is Imperial McCartney, yeah? Mm. Where he's just fucking shitting out classics left, right and centre. He can't even keep up. He's like, yeah. get me a bocker. They hit, they're falling out of my ass, catching before they hit the floor. <laughs> it's it's the it's the um, it's the shitting and puking thing at the same time. He's shitting out classics he's, out of his ass, and he's throwing puking and, and wanking all at once, mate. I'm having a wank. I'm yeah. puking and wanking here. A celebratory wank. Yeah. yeah. I've just wanked out. She came in through the bathroom window. <laughs> I've shat. Get back. <laughs> and I've puked polythene palm. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, but um, I was gonna say I was gonna say Let It Be is my least favorite. I mean, the the McCartney stuff on there, the Long and Winding Road, um, and Let It Be itself. I, I, 
I'm not. They're a bit too syrupy, I think. Oh, I fucking love the long and winding road, mate. Uh, I, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I've they're very it, syrupy. It's like that thing yeah. where I've heard it too much. Yeah. But um. um but anyway, the, you know, the best music is made s- sort of on tea. The best music was made on tea because the best music's by the listen, Beatles. Yeah. L- listen, people will occasionally hear us slurping tea in the background while we're recording no this podcast. There you go. Brings it back to what I said at the, the, I mean, at the, at you, the beginning of the show. I, I didn't mention it, but I, I saw your good wife come in there at the beginning of this episode and deliver yeah. you what I assume was a cup of tea. That's right. As we started, I've got one on the go here as well. It is the uh, the fuel of creativity. Do you think we are the Beatles of podcasting, Sam? No, this is what I'm desperate for. See, I thought that, oh, God, as soon as I said it at the start, I thought, first, Andy's going to say, you're trying to make out we're like the Beatles, and then other people. <laughs> That's obviously not what, what I'm saying. We're not the Beatles of podcasting, but are we influenced by Beatles? Of course we are, because fucking everyone is, whether they know it or not. Mm-hmm. We all are. Do you know what I mean? I and think that's, a, the, that's a I, good thing. I, I think we're the blamange of podcasting. I think we're <laughs> the splodgeness s abounds of podcasting. It's for others and to decide. That's not us. fair. We know our place. Yeah, and that's all fair. Talking that's of podcasts, fine. I've been listening to this podcast, which is uh, I have people talking about on Twitter, right? And it's called Sweet Bobby. Which I obviously appealed to me because it's a bit like beeping Timmy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Have you heard of this podcast? People have been talking about it, right? Have you heard of it? No. Right, fucking hell, mate! It's amazing. In that, it's just so fucking stupid, right? It's like it's one of these sort of true crime things, right? But I don't really listen to true crime or what. I don't engage in the true crime thing because I don't don't really not really a fan of it, but. Mm. Um, a couple of people whose opinion I respect tweeted about it. So I thought, I'll oh, give it a fucking go. I've got nothing better to do. I was out running, right? So I stuck it on. and But basically, it, spoiler alert, right? I'm going to fucking tell you what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about someone who pranks another person online by pretending to be some geezer chatting her up. And it goes right. on for years. And in the end, she realises it was all a fucking wind-up. For That's years? It. Fucking hell, yeah. Goes on me. It's a, it's a wind-up that lasts for years, right? Right. And then, and that's it. That is it. And, it, you know, not to belittle the impact it had on the victim of this wind-up, because obviously mm. that's horrible. No one likes to be hoodwinked, do they? No, of course not. Um, but it, that's what it was. It was what it was. There was no kind of, no one was um, physically abused. No one was stolen from. Mm. other than their time and their feelings. And their right? emotions, yeah. But what I've realised is, Andy, this is really popular. Lots of people are talking about it. And it's got two things, right? Because I'm thinking, if you strip it down, the story is, as I've just told you, in about under a minute, I've explained to you what the entire story is, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's nothing more, nothing less than what I've said. But people are going on about, oh, my God, this is incredible. This is what great podcasting is all about. This is just simply great journalism right and i thought mm. oh that's interesting why is everyone why is everyone going i keep waiting for there to be a big reveal i keep thinking it's going to be like all the president's men and in the end they're going to reveal that in fact it was fucking obama who was <clears throat> scamming someone and now thing goes to the very heart of the military industrial yeah. complex but it is just a thing about someone just winding yeah. up another person it getting a bit out of hand and i realized what they've done is right two things one is They've got 
mysterious, creepy, true crime music playing underneath everything <laughs> that the narrator says, yeah. right? And so the narrator could say something of absolutely no consequence whatsoever, yeah. like, but then I realised that the person I was talking about was actually eating a biscuit. And they go... <laughs> and you're supposed to go whoa wow because Mm -hmm. if you read it on paper and the other thing is they've got a very (laughs) sort of almost irritatingly posh journalist who's responsible for this investigation I'm doing Mm -hmm. quote marks right I thought that was curious and I wanted to know more so I went to meet sweet Bobby at a cafe in London background noise right and i thought if you do a sort of a posh journalistic form of narration and add some Mm -hmm. dramatic music you could turn almost any fucking story or anecdote into a a piece of investigative journalism stick it out on a podcast right and as long as it's been published this one's published by some people called tortoise media but you know them or the BBC or something like that, or one of them American ones like Luminary, and suddenly it's like you're taking something that someone might... I'm telling you, right, if someone told you this anecdote in the pub, you'd probably fucking drift off after a couple of minutes and go, yeah, mm. I fancy some crisps. I'm going to get some crisps. Sorry, mate, you were saying yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. What's that? Your mate got wound up on the internet. Oh, that's a shame, right? Um, but you had a posh sort of self-important narrator and some... And some spooky music. You can turn everything. I mean, to be honest, we could take one of our anecdotes from this. Like, I tell you what, right? One of your stories that just off the top of my head that I've always quite enjoyed is the time that someone you used to know knocked on your door and you lay down on the floor to pretend you were out, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a but you tell the story better, but that's the story. Yeah. And I I think they went to a phone box at one point and started calling the your phone house. Box and then rang and the phone rang for 20 minutes. Yeah, and you remained lying flat on the I floor, I think. flat on the floor with the hands over my ears, yeah. Well, maybe yeah. not, but... So, but yeah. great story. Possible to tell it in maximum three minutes, right? <laughs> Easily. Drag it out over six episodes. Put some music <laughs> under it, mate. Yeah, I'm yeah. fucking telling you, yeah. you're going to win an award. Yeah. I thought the ordeal was over, but then... Exactly. The phone ran. Exactly it. You haven't even heard this podcast and you just did a fucking pitch perfect parody of it, mate. (laughs) But then the phone rang. In the next episode, I'll talk about how the phone rang. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's flash forward bits. Goes, I thought it'd stop ringing, but it didn't. And I started to think to myself, will this ever end? (laughs) I just think, I just, I mean, I get what you're saying. I think culturally, there's so much stuff now. And I think the bar is set so low for what's seen to be good, and it and everyone gets onto things, and the, and there's like this collective mania about stuff. Yeah, which really, just turns out to be quite fucking thin. But mate, a lot of it's posturing, isn't it? A lot of it's mm. like people wanting to seem like in with the in crowd on social media, yeah, yeah, yeah. and some cunt will go, "This is good." And then because that's a cunt that you want to align yourself with, you go, oh, yes, it is good, isn't it? Like you that. Get, and then before you know yeah, it, yeah. everyone's going, yes, it's good, let's be friends. And in fact, it's like, look, it's shit. Let's mm. fucking all own up to this, right? It's bollocks. Yeah, you, you sometimes you'll get a thread on Twitter that goes viral. It's like a 27-part thread, and it's someone yeah. recounting a tale of something that's happened, almost like this Bobby thing. It's something that happened within a friendship or something, and they tell the story mm. over 27 tweets or whatever, and everyone's mm. like, oh, you must read this thread. And I usually get like four tweets in. I'm like, fuck off. 
There's She's nothing bollocks. here. Yeah, get on with it. And but, yeah, um, yeah. You know, like we've discussed Zippy extensively, right, on this fucking uh-huh. podcast. And then I wrote my thoughts, a lot of which we'd sort of discussed on this podcast in my big issue column one week. That probably got retweeted about 10 times when I published that. I mean, you know, it's fucking... Listen, that... I'm going to fucking tweet it out. Thing I wrote a few months ago about Zippy, right? Yeah. Way better than fucking Sweet Bobby. And I know yeah. that sounds arrogant, right? I'm not saying it's like as culturally significant as the Beatles. I'm not saying that, Andy. Mm. What I'm saying is, is it more interesting than Sweet Bobby? Yeah, it fucking is. Uh, can you be but asking me to a series? I tell you what I'm not doing. I'm not going, uh, I've had some thoughts about Zippy from Rainbow. Please read a short thread that follows of 27 <laughs> fucking tweets, you fucking daft cunts. <laughs> so what blogs are for, you cunt. Yeah. Do a blog. Well, yeah, I will not be listening to Sweet Bobby then. I kind of want you to, though, mate. Even though I wasn't aware of it to start with. <laughs> I fucking, but, I, I know you, I know you won't. Fucking, but uh, honestly, I, I kind of wish that instead of telling you about it, I just said, please listen to Sweet Bobby oh, and share your thoughts. I, but I anyway, mean, I, I know it's it's the arena that you and I dance in, but podcasts, fuck me, there's so podcasts many fucking chances and blowhards and fucking wasters. In the podcast arena, it's ridiculous. Mm. And, and I would include us in that, by the way. No, I wouldn't include you. us in that. I think this oh. is a fucking really exceptional um, thing <laughs> we do. I do. Yeah. I do. I think it's brilliant. Mm. And a lot of the listeners do as well. I know that. Um, right. Do you want to do some predictions? Yeah. Very quickly before we go. Okay. Are you ready? Arsenal versus yeah. Newcastle. One nil Arsenal. Gone for a result spot. Um, I think three nil Arsenal. Um, Burnley versus Spurs. I will go for uh, oh two one to Burnley. Oh, I was going to say that. I'm going to go. No, go for it. Whatever. No, I'm going to say three. <laughs> three one Burnley. Three one Burnley. Okay. God, Man- Claret. <laughs> Manchester City versus West Ham United. Are you going to predict a win for this one, Sam? For West Ham? Yeah, I'm going to say Man City nil, West Ham one. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go for um, 2 0 to Man City. Sorry. Onwards. You can get your revenge here. Cambridge versus Sunderland. Don't know what the fuck's going on with Cambridge, <laughs> but I'm going to say 1 0. Play it safe. They sound a bit soppy, though. <laughs> so, it's the say, sort of place that shouldn't even have a fucking football team. <laughs> Do you know what I'm I mean? Gonna, yeah, yeah. Cambridge. I'm gonna Sorry say, if you're listening in Cambridge, but we happen to know that no one in the East Anglia sort of region listens to us, <laughs> so it's no problem. I'm gonna go um one nil to Cambridge. Um <laughs> Dear Sam and Andy, sorry to be a lampard, but Cambridge is not really East Anglia as Sam said. <laughs> you know what I fucking also, mean. Also, I am a listener, as proven by this correspondence. Good um, day. <laughs> Hull versus Millwall, finally. Uh, I really like Hull. I don't know why, but I've just got a thing about Hull right. City, the city right. of Hull. Okay. Good team. The to- I mean, well, I mean, you would have thought there's so many teams that use lions. And there's a load of teams that use shit birds like fucking cockerels <laughs> or liver birds for their fucking, fucking thing, badge. <laughs> for right? 
Why? Yeah. yeah, just to take one example, right? <laughs> what? But the tiger is the best animal. And why is there only one fucking team that's gone, fuck this, we're going to... What What do you want to put on the badge? You can put anything, really. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Does it have to be an animal that's in our town, like a rat or a pigeon? Nah, it doesn't matter. Millwall will use a anything. fucking line. Have you seen any fucking lines in Bermondsey? Of course you haven't. It's fucking open season. Coventry? Coventry have got a fucking elephant. That's how <laughs> mental they are in Coventry. You can think outside the box. Well, if you're saying we can choose fucking anything... And we're a sporting team who want to fucking inspire fear and respect throughout mm. the land. Then mm-hmm. it's there's only one fucking choice. It's a tiger. All right, you can have a tiger. And then so that's what makes Hull one of the best football clubs in in the country. It's yeah. because someone there has had some fucking imagination. Right, they had the same conversation over at Tottenham, and someone's gone. Mm-hmm. I quite like the cockerel. I think that's a majestic animal. Right, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, fucking tiger, mate. Go on, Just the tigers. Tigers versus two lions. Nil. Then what do you reckon? What? Tigers versus yeah. lions. Two nil to the tigers. <laughs> the tigers. Uh, I'm gonna go um, three one to the to the tigers plus the house hold. martins. That's the Plus other the reason. House Martins, always the House Martins. That's about it for this episode. I, I just want to wish me mate John a happy fiftieth birthday before we go. Where you go, John? Uh, yeah. Is John going to be there at our Christmas party? I hope I so. I think he's thinking about coming along. Yeah. So we're going out tonight to have some food and some booze. So I'm really looking forward to that. What are you um, going to eat, mate? Are you going for a curry or something? Uh, Turkish, I reckon. Oh, I love a Turkish. Mm, I'll report back on that. So I know John's a listener, so happy birthday, mate. And uh, there we are. That's it from this one. And I'm going back to watch the Beatles now. Bye-bye. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye.